Hello, and welcome to New Jersey is the World. Hi everybody, Chris Gathered here. Welcome to New Jersey is the World. So you're going to hear, we have our first ever guest host. Ask somebody to jump in and join the team. Sarah Benincasa, great comedian, great writer. We have been in the same circles for many, many years now. Also someone who has written so many loving things about New Jersey and who, who wrote an essay about New Jersey um, that I read. It came out shortly after we launched this project. I was like, oh, we're on the same page. Let me ask Sarah. Sarah wants to jump in on one of these tapings. I think you're going to agree. Fantastic fit. We explore other places that are Jersey-ish and that expands to people and things that are Jersey-ish. You'll see more about what that means. I think you'll also agree Sarah was great and I pray that we can beg her to rejoin our slovenly gang moving forward from time to time because man, we'd be better off having her influence here. Both in the general sense that it's good to have more funny people. Secondly, that uh, I don't love that the show is all dudes. And third, frankly, Hunterton County has been very under underrepresented. So I'm glad that we got some Hunterton in there. What else? Happy to tell you that the New Jersey role-playing game, it's going to be returning on the 29th. Come see the adventures of a bunch of Jersey characters. I think when we left off, they were trying to kill a bunch of people at a blueberry festival down in uh, Hamilton, New Jersey. See if they're successful. The role-playing game is a very, very fun thing. $10 tier patrons, your name might show up in the role-playing game itself, as we all know. And what else? Patrons, out there this week, you're going to get a special episode. We did an episode of Wotown where I took a list of every municipality in New Jersey, numbered, asked one of the guys to pick a number. They randomly landed on a town. We're going to figure out everything we can about that town on our feet, and you'll be happy to hear it was a town where... uh, we had never heard of it and there's not much going on and you get to listen for an hour as we desperately try to find stuff to talk about in relation to Bethlehem, New Jersey. It's very, very funny. I think you're going to like it. And uh, people at the Turnpike tier, the $10 patrons, you're also going to have a photo essay. I drove down to Bethlehem, New Jersey myself. Photo essay companion to this week's patron-only episode. So sign up at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. In the meantime, so great to be joined by the great Sarah Benicasa as we explore things that are Jersey-ish. There must be something in the water in West Orange that breeds such avant-garde kids are gonna start shit. In parks where we spit arson and spark splits, Essex County, America's armpit. Carnival! Oh boy, that flea market, I bought a crossbow there. And I imagine it was sort of a two Roman legions charging at each other. Uh, Intertown fighting. Some people have been there in the middle of the night to whip pumas with belts. The last time I got in a fist fight, I threw a carton of Clinton's orange aid at a man's face. I'm gonna take it to this terrible, crime-ridden city and then I'm gonna pull my pants down on it. No, I've never had a hoagie in my life. Or a grinder. This is like a weird vortex that doesn't apply to the laws of time and space. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Woe Town. This is a show where usually three friends from West Orange, New Jersey, talk and catch up because they love New Jersey and they love an excuse to talk and catch up. Hello, Mike D. How are you today? I'm very confused, but feeling good. Okay, a fair answer. Nikki Bonaduce, how are you this Monday evening? Good. Uh, actually, in a really good mood for a Monday, which is amazing. It was hot as balls out, but uh, I got the AC on now and uh, cold beer, and we get the bullshit, which is the 
best part of the week for me and probably gets me like at least through to Wednesday before I start feeling miserable again. All right. All right. Solidly making Tuesday better. Now, I said this is usually what the show is, but today we have a very, very uh, special event. Our first ever guest. Usually it's just a bunch of us shooting this shit. Old pals, you are our first ever guest. There's another comedian of this world, comedian, writer, actor. Somebody I feel like has actually landed in a similar place to where my career landed, where people are like, what do you do? And it's just very hard to even... You're like kind of, kind of comedian, sort of writer, mostly. Like, my parents are proud of me at this point, finally, because I've done enough. Uh, has written many books. Great comedian. Uh, and also a lover of New Jersey, who kind of organically, I noticed around the time we launched the podcast, you were also sort of obsessing about New Jersey in your own right. It's the one and only Sarah Benincasa. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Oh, what an honor. This is so exciting. I, I, first of all, let me just say, uh, I love the show. And second of all, what an honor to be a, a token person from not West Orange who is permitted uh-huh. to be in your presence. I, as a graduate of Hunter and Central Regional High School in Flemington, New Jersey, uh, born in Somerville, New Jersey, brief stop in Hillsborough, New Jersey, and then Flemington ever since. Like, what a treat to be welcomed into your world. It is. It is not nothing. Like, it is. It's a big deal. You guys are from a cooler place. We don't mean we don't mean to in any way tokenize you as a non uh, Essex County resident, but I feel like our what I can imagine are legions of Hunterdon County faithful just erupted in joy at the many references you dropped. They're so happy and they feel so included because yeah, for the part of Jersey that people don't really think of as part of Jersey because it's so close to Pennsylvania, it's bordered by Delaware River. It's so hick. It's very country. Um, I say this lovingly to the legions of Hunterdon County fans. I grew up like down the street from like a game butcher. There was a dirt raceway that's Ooh. now a Walmart. It's a lot of hunting, fishing. It's one, it's a lovely place to, to grow up, but there's a lot of people in Jersey who are like, what are you talking about? Like, what? But it's, I f- I've actually said on the podcast before as well, I feel like Hunterdon County is also one of those places that when people clown on Jersey and they talk about it being dirty and aggressive and loudmouth people, they're actually talking about where me and Mike and Nick grew up. They're talking about Essex County, Bergen County, Union County, um, Hudson County. But I feel like when people go, why are you called the Garden State? It's because of Hunterdon County. Hunterdon County is one of those places where I drive through. I'm like, man, it is beautiful. And the rest of the world doesn't know that this even exists here. And we know. We know. Yeah, it is gorgeous. It's, I mean, I grew up, um, I grew up, like when, when uh, you know, when like the farm to table stuff started getting popular at restaurants and um, organic produce and all that became a big thing, it felt so natural to me because I came from very sort of, you know, average people. We were not organic farmers or something, but when we wanted produce, like, yeah, we could go to ShopRite sometimes, but we would just go to like my friend's family farm and buy from the farm stand, or we would just buy, somebody would set, it's very, even now, sometimes you just, you leave cash in a, in like a can or something and you get firewood or you get whatever you need, you get fresh eggs. Um, and I'm sorry, I, Nick, I jumped on, on, in front of what you're starting to say. No, not at all. Not but, at all. Uh, yeah, that, it just felt very natural to me. And, and that, that's the Jersey I grew up in was like where, 
sometimes I'll say to people like, "Are oh, did you, you the most exciting episode of The Sopranos for me was when they mentioned a Raritan Township contract for the garbage company because that's where I'm from, you know, Flemington's right in part of next to Raritan Township. It's like where you you, you might bury a body there, but people would genuinely believe you were just having a nice hunting trip. <laughs> I uh, I was telling you before we started recording. Um, and we were laughing that my family actually has roots in Flemington. Mm-hmm. We don't really know where the Gethards are from. There's, I feel like this is actually something that probably a lot of Hunterdon County families have, is there's rumors that my dad's side of the family are descended from Hessians who just never went back <gasps> to Germany after the revolution. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there are a bunch of families around that area that have sort of like vaguely German names that maybe were changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a bunch of graves, there's a bunch of Gethard graves in Flemington. And I, I mentioned to you that when my grandfather was a kid, he found a dead body in the woods in Flemington. And we were laughing and you were like, that's a Jersey story. Yeah. And I didn't even get to the kicker. I said, I'll tell the rest when we're recording, which is... I always wanted to know more about that. My grandfather would tell me and my parents would go, stop telling them about that. And I always thought they thought I was going to get scared about a dead body. When I got older, it was finally revealed to me like, eh, it's not that cool a story because the guy who died was a pedophile who got caught messing around with his nephew and they caught him and he ran into the Flemington woods in like the 1930s or 40s or something. And he was hiding in the woods and froze to death. Yeah, we, we took care of him. That's what we do. Yeah. My, Hunter County says, uh-uh, you're not going to treat our kids like that. Yes. My, my grandfather found a frozen pedophile in the woods of your hometown. So we have that connection. I will make anything into a Jersey Pride thing. Yes. Like finding a frozen pedophile. I'm like, we did that. It was probably a few degrees colder there. It would have been if he was in some big fancy place like Morristown or something like yeah we froze his ass we all did that (laughs) we took him out there's also you have a personal connection to this show that I'm not sure that I've even told the fellas about and that I don't know that we've discussed too much but one thing that gets you in really good with our click is I believe you used to work with one of our uh, good friends George Coroneos oh my god yes I love yeah Nice. One of the stories uh, we've told on this show that I feel like is one of my favorites was a story that in high school, George did once throw another friend of ours off the top floor of the Livingston Mall. What? I don't know if that, <laughs> yes, I don't know if that's out of character or on brand for the men you know. Now, a couple months back, you wrote an essay, which was, because I'd been, I'd been seeing a lot of Jersey love. Um, and and I, I kept noticing that you and I were being tagged on Twitter yes. together about a lot of things relating to New Jersey. Like something would come up in the news about Jersey and I'd see people tweeting both of us. And I saw that you were on a similar Jersey obsession kick as I've been. And you wrote a really great essay about Jersey that everyone should go read. Oh, thank you. I think it's called New Jersey is Perfect, if I recall correctly. Is it called New Jersey is Perfect? It's something very braggadocious, but correct. Much like... New Jersey is the world. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. I reached out to you. I said, let's do some stuff together. And I wonder if you have anything you would want to do on our show. And you brought up something that we loved right away, where you said that you have a habit of when you travel, of kind of clocking which places have the spirit of New Jersey. Um, And I don't want to speak for you, but it did bring to my mind, the idea of what I think we're titling this episode, which is Jersey-ish. Other places that are Jersey-ish. Mm-hmm. People that are Jersey-ish. Things that are Jersey-ish. So maybe you can explain to me, because if I remember right, you specifically mentioned 
during visits to California that you've broken this down. So I'd love to pass the ball to you to start and just explain what what places you've noticed as Jersey-ish, what qualifies them as Jersey-ish, and how oh, you define Oh, absolutely. That. Thank you. It, it's, it is a great honor, once again, I must say, to be here. Up, up, this is Well, this is the whole thing. My, my life philosophy is very much dovetails with the very title of this program, New Jersey is the World, because uh, New Jersey, there's something, first of all, in addition to being you know, one of the most diverse states, if not the most diverse, probably not the most, but I'm going to say it is. And so densely populated, yet also having room for rivers and forests and the beautiful ocean and the such. Jersey is just such a pastiche of so many different cultural influences. And whenever I go anywhere, in my mind, my sort of the emotional map of my heart and initially makes like a one-to-one comparison that's how it it helps me find my sense of place so I lived in Asheville North Carolina for a couple years and I, I love it um and that Asheville North Carolina is like Frenchtown New Jersey which is in Hunterdon County um and and it's a it's a much bigger version with a southern twang but it's very Jersey-esque and and you know every place I've lived Las Cruces New Mexico um Anytime I've traveled through even friggin' Texas, when I was in the Netherlands, like all kinds of places, I'm always like, all right, this reminds me of this. But it was when I moved to California that I found the most perfect sort of distillation of the of, of my version of New Jersey as the world, which is the San Fernando Valley, because there is there is a one to one comparison to be made for every every place there. And, and I find that a lot of my friends out here, because I, I, I bought a place in Brooklyn now, so I live in Brooklyn now, but I'm hopefully going to be out here a lot. And um, a lot of people born and raised here, if they're from the Valley, we have weirdly similar stories or like their cousin has a story that's identical to a story my cousin has. And, and I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant about saying it to them because sometimes, you know. Our state has not always the greatest of reputations. I don't, some people take it as an insult, right? But more and more, I think more people are understanding that our state has given more to the world than any, truly any named geographic region in the history of the world. Uh, And that American culture, just (laughs) the good parts all uh, in some way come from us. So more and more people take it as a compliment, actually. That's beautiful to hear. And when you're talking about the San Fernando Valley, this is the area of towns that kind of float uh, outside of Los Angeles mm-hmm. proper. Yeah, it's, it's adjacent to the big city, but it's not the big city and it has a character all its own. Right. Like more like middle class? Is it like middle class or just a little bit of everything? Like up the hill, down hill? It's a real mix. It's a real mix. Like you got like, like you got... Uh, uh, millionaires to the nth degree you have uh, impoverished people who are unhoused and then you've got truly everything in between Hmm. and i do know what you mean having spent i haven't lived out there for more than four or five months uh, in 2004 but i've visited enough to know like i know friends of mine who have made jokes about other friends where they go oh you live in sherman oaks and that means something and i pick up on the idea that that's sort of like telling somebody like oh you live out in the lodi Mm-hmm. Like, you live in a town that's a fine town, but a little rough, and what are you doing there? Like, it would be a similar implication. Whereas you've got, like, you got, like, North Hollywood. You got NoHo. You got other, I know there's other sections of the valley that people specifically move to 
Uh, because they'll go, oh, this sounds so boring, but I have kids now and the school systems are great, which sure. is an extremely Jersey conversation to have. And I know many friends who are kind of like, I'm pretty grumpy that I live in this place that has nothing to do in high taxes, but good schools, which is, you want to talk about the Essex County analogy. That's it right there. Um, I, 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 I bounced it off the, uh, the guys and throughout the day, Mike D and I have been kind of brainstorming some other places that we feel like might have some debate over their Jersey-ish qualities. Is it okay if we start kind of throwing them out there for group discussion? Love this. I love this. This is beautiful. Uh, Mike D, I feel like I've been talking too much and I'm losing my voice, so I want to talk less. Um, Are there any places on the list that you want to say, this place is nailing it in my travels, this place is Jersey-ish? One of the places, as soon as I... I first heard this idea, I immediately, without hesitation, thought of Swindon in the UK. Swindon is absolutely the New Jersey of the UK. It's the same idea where people who are from there are fiercely proud and they love it. But if you're in London and you meet someone, it's like, oh, where are you from? Swindon. Everyone kind of like moves their chair six inches back from the table. (laughs) And I've seen this happen so many times that it's just, you know, they think people from Swindon, they're a little rough. They're a little uncouth, but, you know, they just have this certain special pride. But I think what makes me relate it so much to how people perceive New Jersey is the reaction to people is just instant. Everyone who's not from Swindon feels the same way about it. And I feel like New Jersey gets that reaction from people no matter when, when or where you bring it up. I'll put out there on my end, I've done a lot of stand-up comedy all over the world. A city that I truly love performing in is Toronto. Mm. Um, the audiences there for comedy are just very, very good. And, you know, between like Second City, Kids in the Hall, it, it, so much good Canadian comedy that their audiences, I feel like if they if they think what you're doing is smart, it always makes me feel like, okay, I'm onto something here. That being said, Toronto has a very metropolitan mm-hmm. and New York vibe. And I have found in my travels there that very often if I'm talking to the crowd, someone along the way will mention that they are from a suburb called Brampton. I don't know anything about Brampton. All I know is that I hear the reaction the room has when they hear the word Brampton. And it has made me realize that Brampton, whatever's going on (laughs) in a place called Brampton, somewhere near Toronto, I have said out loud on stage, oh, I get it. Is Brampton kind of the jersey of Toronto? And the place erupts in cheers. (laughs) So I don't know what Brampton is or what makes it Brampton, but it is the jersey of Toronto. I'd say it's also, to get even one level more specific, it's the Bayonne of Toronto. Wow. So you know a little bit more about Brampton than I, I do. I spent a lot of time in Toronto for work over the years. So And, and when you say that by Bayonne, do you mean like... Neighborhoody? Neighbor, but also kind of secretive. I find Bayonne so baffling, and I love New Jersey. I was going to say ignored. It is. It's, we're just it, actually happy to be ignored. Is how I would phrase that. Yeah. uh. Doing their own thing outside the rest of us kind of puts off a vibe of leave us alone. And people from Bayonne, like, stay in Bayonne. They really do. Yeah, there's a a certain pride. Yeah. They show no desire to leave. Brampton's got... A, a nice art gallery, museum, and archives. It's got a major performing arts venue, NJ Pack. It's got uh, they got big screen movies outside, live events, et cetera, et cetera. I'm looking at it, and it's it is just looking at the map. It's absolutely exactly where a place 
that you're describing like this should be. It seems like a good length, uh, like like Bayonne distance from like cool kids part of Toronto. Also a great comedy city. Some of my favorite gigs ever when I was you know actively doing stand up and stuff were in Toronto. But they they do have that sort of like. I mean, my cousins are born and raised in Toronto. They they definitely have that that thing going they're on. They're cool kids. Very proud. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're cool kids. They're cool kids in Toronto. Brampton, eh, not so much. I just want to say if there's anybody out there listening right now, crying tears of joy that you're finally being recognized. If anybody wants to start a spinoff podcast called Brampton is the world, you do have our <laughs> blessing. I would love if there's a Brampton is the world podcast. Um, I'll tell you what, on my end, have any of you guys ever spent time in New Hampshire? And have you gone to a place called Hampton Beach? I did, like you and I've been in New Hampshire, but I've never been to Hampton Beach. Yeah, never. I opened for Mike Birbiglia throughout 2014. And we did a show in Hampton Beach. And I rolled up at this place. And I think New Hampshire, I think New England. I think New England, I think refined, I think sophisticated. I rolled up in this place. I was like, yo, this is Seaside Heights. <laughs> This, there's just another Seaside Heights in New Hampshire. It, it's completely just like get a big, you know, like people drinking giant, giant cups of beer out in the open, big giant, like shitty sugary margaritas out of like neon cups, music bumping, fists pumping. I couldn't believe that New Hampshire has their own Seaside Heights. It was completely shocking. It's a typical uh, Gethard Berbiglia crowd. That's what you expect. You say, I'm going to go hear some heartwarming stories with a twist that are going to rip my guts out and make me want to call my mom, who I hate. I'm going to talk to my sponsor about it. This is going to change my life. I'm going to write a New Yorker poem inspired by this. This is a very Gethard Berbiggs audience. Well, I mean, it's a, first of all, Berbiggs, he can do good anywhere. Like I, I, but I am with you on knowing the cliche of what my, the combination of he and I would do. And I will say I got to that town and I went, oh, this one's going to be a fight. This one's going to be a fight compared to most of the other shows. Most of the other shows with Mike would be like in like a music hall or, you know, like a performing arts center. And, and then I got there. I was like, oh, this is. Wrong. And I was not wrong. That crowd was drunker than usual because it would be like if I was there telling sensitive stories in fucking wild. I relate. Wood. It was like I did. I did UNH once, and you know the kids are from New Hampshire proper, but New Hampshire really is kind of in its way. There are many sections of New Hampshire that are sort of yeah. the New Jersey of Boston, I think, in a weird way. And huh. I, you know, they weren't mm. necessarily like thrilled for my like, you know, sensitive funny nuanced mental health lady from new jersey who lives at the time in new york and like like a, a manic curvy dream woman energy they weren't really falling in love with that like that wasn't really for them but it was fun and i think new hampshire in many ways they you know they 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 have some legendary poets whose names I can't remember and they have beautiful areas and they also have very staunch uh, there's literally like a, New Hampshire's like a boring version of New Jersey in my opinion I think there might be truth to that I think there might be truth to that Nikki Bonaduce spent some time up there any gears turning yeah I, I recently started going up there because my sister moved up there several years ago and I like really kind of fell in love with it like the mountains and um all that good stuff. They have like, you know, we can go skiing, whatever. And there's like, you know, 
It's like an upside down Vermont and there's that animosity between New Hampshire and Vermont. But I think like what, what's weird about, like you said, it's like a shore town, like seaside. I think you get like kind of probably like the trash from like the North shore of Boston, Mm. like that don't want to go to the Cape. So they're like, Hey, we'll go up to like, well, there's only like that little small area of coast. That's their bennies. That's their bennies. Because it's probably quicker to go there than to go like south through like or around Boston out to like the Cape to get to the beach. And the North Shore has great beaches too, but there's definitely like, I was going to say the North Shore is a little bit like Essex County area. They have like the city of Lynn, which is just like Newark. Um, and it's, you know, multicultural. You also have Salem and Marblehead. So you have areas that are like exclusive. Then you have areas where witches live and... <laughs> Not that we have an enclave of witches, but... We've got a lot of witches in New Jersey. Oh, Asbury Park. Asbury Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asbury Park's got some witches next to the artisanal Mm. tattoo artists. Lambertville, New Jersey's got some... You find a river or an ocean and find like a... Mm. If there's like a groovy art gallery, there's probably a witch nearby. Energy source. Yeah, yeah. It's an energy source. Exactly. Listen, like it's not a joke that... And also just, you know, Sarah, all three of us also went to Rutgers, which is part of the... My my Rutgers has a asterisk next to it, so... We won't go into that today, but yeah, as, does, as you meant, I think actually all three of us can probably put an asterisk next to our record experience. I took one class. Oh, there you go. One class. It, I liked it very much. Women in American history. We studied witches. It was very interesting. Between hanging out in New Brunswick for four years and driving around this state looking at weird New Jersey stuff, you're gonna meet you're gonna meet a witch. Oh, yeah. at some point. Everybody in New Jersey knows a witch. This is come on. Yeah, people yeah, are yeah. like more quietly witches here. Out there, it was like everybody, like my neighbors, like oh, we're going to the blah blah blah, and like they're part of this coven and whatever, and like everybody's walking around. So I, I got used to that. That was nice. Now I will tell you one thing. This is one of my least researched, and therefore ones that if anybody wants to call bullshit on it, I'm I'm happy to acquiesce but when we were thinking about honeymoon locations one of the places i researched was croatia oh because croatia um i think even still is known as kind of a a sort of affordable alternative to a mediterranean vacation to a lot of the more popular spots and apparently croatia has really really great beaches and because it's right across the mediterranean from italy you can apparently get great italian food so i would say Heavy Italian influence and great beaches sounds to me like Croatia might be the New Jersey of Europe. Yeah, I think that I've never been there. I have ingested what you have just said, and I believe that it is all true. And also think about it. Croatia sometimes has had, uh, you know, has has, has had gone through some stuff, uh, which Jersey hasn't in a minute. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, probably has been criticized by others in the region or looked down upon for not being as as, um, you know, whatever, as as fancier or as fill in the blank, good adjective thing. Um, not as glamorous, perhaps as some nearby destinations mm-hmm. like your Philly mm-hmm. or your New York or your Tuscany. But uh, what is geography, really? Anyway, you're 100% <laughs> right, Chris Gethard. And, and now, is it weird for me to say that having an Italian influence in good beaches makes you more Jersey-ish than actually being Italy, which true. is where Italians are from? Like, I don't... I've been to Italy. I think I don't think Italy strikes me as very Jerseyish. Doesn't no. And I think when we go over there on teen tours, they don't necessarily like it the most. Having been oh, there yeah. on a teen oh, tour, yeah. I went on one of those. <laughs> uh, I was on a high school teen tour, and I felt very bad for all the female students on my teen tour because it was just uh, ten relentless days of Italian men 
hitting on American teenage girls. Yeah, that is definitely what it's like. And uh, it really helps you. If you are an Italian-American woman, it helps inform your understanding of um, why there's one great-grandfather that you don't talk about and nobody's sad that he's dead. Like, you kind of get it, and you're like, okay, this is, all right, this is the origin of some weird stuff that played out for generations. Mike D., I know that your travels have taken you through uh, Europe on a number of occasions. Any, Any other places jump out that seem like they're in the running on this? I was going to, my vote for the New Jersey of Europe was going to be Belgium. Oh, very good. I think for me, again, it comes down to perception, which is people don't think about Belgium a ton. You don't hear a lot of people talking about Belgium. You know, it feels like in the general sense of the EU, everyone knows that Belgium is there, but it's not a big deal. But then... Whenever you're somewhere, much like New Jersey, and people from Belgium appear, everyone's kind of like, ah, Belgians are here. <laughs> you know, they have a little bit of a reputation for, for being a little a little rowdy, a little overzealous. Um, you know, they definitely enjoy their, their, their beer made by monks. And I think that reputation just sort of follows them around. So I think... Unlike Croatia, which I think physically and food-wise resembles New Jersey, I think spiritually Belgium is very much like New Jersey, sort of a stepchild of the greater states that people just sort of love to pick on a little bit. That makes a lot of sense. It's also very Catholic-influenced. They got they got lace from all those nuns. They got the beer from the monks. Mm-hmm. They got... Probably other stuff. They got the movie In Bruges, which probably has some Catholics in it. Like, there's, yeah, I would say, and also the lowlands, right? The lowland countries. I, I lived in the Netherlands for, I mean, like four months. Oh. It was a semester thing for, through when I was at, I dropped out of Emerson, but I was there for a few years. And, um, and it, it looks like hundred, a lot of like the countryside in Limburg province, which is where I was, looked like Hunterdon County. I mean, they had to reclaim some of the land from the sea feels like Jersey has done that. We ruined the natural beauty of the, the Meadowlands, which still pokes through. It's I still think it's beautiful, um, but it's very built up. And I think, yeah, if you want like a marshy, low place without a lot of great mountains for skiing, you could go to uh, Benelux. I haven't been to Luxembourg, so I cannot say. I also think that the national symbol of Belgium is a little boy peeing. (laughs) And I think this could easily be transferred to be the state symbol of New Jersey (laughs) would be someone, a person urinating in public. I think you think those are transferable from one place to another. I actually urinated. I urinated in public today and I'm not ashamed to admit that you could be a statue in Belgium. I had my cousin urinate behind a Dunkin Donuts the last time I was in Jersey because nobody would let us stop and use the bathroom because of COVID maskless people, (laughs) maskless employees of various food places being like, nah. And I was like, even if I buy something, they were like, no. So I said to my cousin, I was like, dude, I'll just just go pee behind the Dunkin' Donuts. They're not going to do anything. It was wonderful. The valuable life skill of being able to pee anywhere. I teach Mm -hmm. my son that all the time. Like everything from don't pee in the wind, find good coverage, and, you know, whatever. Even even, um, uh, for females too. Like if you ever go to PNC Art Center during a concert, like nobody wants to wait online. 
uh, a female Jersey skill is peeing in the woods at PNC Arts. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, that determines the the women from the girls out there. On the way to see Dave Matthews Band. In 1998 at Giants Stadium, I definitely, I peed in the car. My friend had a Jeep Wrangler, which was a car I always wanted. Uh, and um, so that was significant also. And then I peed in, everybody was weirded out that I was doing it, but I really had to go and I have a small bladder. And if you have a small bladder and you live in New Jersey, you know where all the bathrooms are. But if you're stuck in traffic to see the Dave Matthews band, that's going to be difficult, especially if Beck is opening, which he was. So I peed in a bottle and didn't spill any of it. Which So if you're a Jersey girl who can like, Wow. Pee in a bottle in traffic wow. and not spill any of it. Like that is that unlocks the next level yeah. of, of being. Oof. It's important. That's huge. Nick, do you remember one one time you and I and my brother and another one of our friends were actually driving from New Jersey up to Boston, and my brother had to pee, and you were like, "I'm not stopping. Pee in a bottle." And he peed in a bottle, and when he was done, he opened the window to throw it out and did it, and the entire bottle of urine flew back and (laughs) soaked his entire face and chest on the highway. And we had to drive all the way to Boston with my brother completely covered face, neck, and shirt in urine. And we weren't, I had a full tank of gas at that point. I wasn't stopping. Like, that was my MO at the time, but. Were you already a, like, that's very dad energy, like Jersey dad. And were you already a Jersey dad, like emotionally somehow? Probably in many ways. Now I'm an actual <laughs> Jersey dad. <laughs> Nick, did, I would say you did have the, like, we're not stopping the car. You, you could summon that energy back in our high school days. Yeah, for sure. And I had, you know what my problem is? And it's still, it's the same problem I have today. Like I love going places but I fucking hate getting there. Mm. And if you're telling me I got to be in the car for six hours, like my whole thing is like, how can I make it there in like five? How can I knock an hour off of this? Like I'm, you know, I'm just trying to figure it out. Like there's always a way. So I, that I, that's my problem. And like, that's the thing, like even with well, the kids, I'm a little bit better, but my son is an excellent outdoor peer. Madeline hasn't uh, engaged in that yet, but hopefully I, Hopefully another woman will show her how to do it properly. And we used to always like stand around the girls so that they could like squat and pee in the middle of the parking lot. That was a big West Virginia thing. Like you'd like, you know, like a form a circle and like. That's a good ally. Yeah. That's that's a good man. That's a good man right there. Yeah. Now we've talked about Jersey-ish places. I want to expand this to Jersey-ish people because Mike, you pointed something out when you and I were talking about this idea that I think is really shockingly true which is that Bruce Springsteen, who is probably the patron saint of New Jersey, mm-hmm. a living saint to a lot of us, isn't very Jersey-ish in behavior. No. He, I don't think he sounds like anyone I've ever been around. He sounds like he's like wandered out of the foothills of Appalachia with his weird onstage yeah, yeah, yeah. accent. He's also unimpeachably talented and successful and i think part of being jersey-ish is there has to be a little gap of people to throw some shade at you and it's just impossible to do that for bruce i mean i in my opinion yeah no you're correct he is a perfect artist and probably one of our greatest uh american i i has he been nominated for a pulitzer ever because it's upsetting to me that he hasn't he should get all the awards he's incredible but i i was thinking about that mike you brought up 
Springsteen, and I immediately thought as well, another one of the great bragging points of New Jersey is Meryl oh, Streep, yeah, yeah. who has actually demonstrated a lot of Jersey pride. When, when Meryl Streep talks about Jersey, it's with a lot of pride. But again, nobody thinks Meryl Streep and goes, man, Jersey, like shouting Jersey. And yet there are people out there who have, from what I can tell, nothing to do with our state who I feel like are very Jersey, very Jersey. Uh, the immediate person that came to mind for me, and I've talked about on the, um, it's come up on the podcast that I'm a Knicks fan. And people have asked me, how can you like the Knicks and not the Nets when the Nets were in New Jersey growing up? Sucks. And I have stated that when Drazen Petrovic died on the Autobahn, he was a shooting guard for the Nets. You got to pass to like the Knicks instead. And I've had many, many people validate this in their online reaction, other Jersey people. I would argue a part of why you were allowed to watch the Knicks in the 90s. I don't know if there's ever been a more Jersey-ish person than New York Knicks shooting guard John Starks. <laughs> that guy was just... He was, he was, I don't know how much you know about him. And Nick, I don't know that you're much of a basketball fan. I know. I I remember cause he was kind of like during our era. So like, I think I watched ba like basketball just because it was on around and like, I had a general, this guy, like, you know. he went to some not major college. Like I think like a, like a community college type thing managed to keep playing ball. He was in like a semi-pro league. He was bagging groceries. Finally got a tryout with the Knicks. And the story I've always heard, which I believe is true, is he was actually injured on the last day of training camp and you're, they weren't allowed to cut an injured player. Like it's a union rule. You can't dump somebody when they get injured. So he makes the team, winds up being a multi-time NBA wow. all-star. But anybody who loves the guy knows... He was just like always punching above his weight. He was kind of a loser. There were there's a famous playoff game where the Knicks should have won the NBA Finals, and he just went like three for nineteen or something like that from three. Shoot you at a game. Re he, Michael Jordan and Reggie Miller were like his two foes, two of the greatest players of all time. Not only was he never going to be them, they could get under his skin. <laughs> Reggie Miller once said something to him that caused John Starks to headbutt Reggie Miller in the middle of the court. He got kicked out of a very important game. They've never revealed what Reggie Miller said to him. He was just like this hot-headed guy who was kind of bound to lose. But there was something so lovable about the fact that you knew he used to bag groceries. He's played his way into his league, and he's at best the third best shooting guard in the Eastern Conference. John Stark's jersey, honorary jersey to his core. Do you think Reggie Miller was like, you're actually from New Jersey? <laughs> and that's what, that's what caused the headbutt. It's like, you make the most sense in Hackensack, motherfucker, <laughs> headbutt. Like that type of thing. Go back to Bayonne. This is a, a, also, like, I would like to... Um, uh, although I don't know if you've been on Jesus and Marrow, uh, but I believe that you will be one day, Chris Gethard. And, uh, and I believe that you should also bring this to their television program because they're such Knicks fans. And I listen to the Bodega Boys podcast a lot. And obviously they talk about it a lot. I feel like this this there's a specific Starks discussion to be had. And I love the way you just laid it out. Yeah. I have, I'm sorry to interrupt for just a sec. I have breaking news from my cousin Stephanie in Toronto. Uh, who I texted about the Brampton thing in just a moment. If anyone's interested, I just derailed it. Yeah. But I want to finish the Starks moment. No, please. I think the Brampton thing takes precedence, okay. honestly. I said, is Brampton the New Jersey to Toronto's Manhattan? She said, 
Farmland, heavily developed and occupied heavily by new Canadians, huge South Asian community, fantastic food. And she's like now trying to remember her, her jersey. Yeah, she said she's like like Matuchin yeah. maybe, which is like an, a nice jersey yes, pull yes. for a Toronto girl. Um, yeah. And now she wants to know how it came up. And I'm like, I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, I actually think one of the most beloved New Jersey sports figures of my lifetime is not a Jersey guy, but he was so Jersey-ish. Do you guys know the boxer Arturo Gatti? Oh, yeah. Is anybody a boxing fan? Yeah. This guy, he fought out of Jersey City. His home gym was Jersey City, but he was from Montreal. Oh. Um, Italian parents. This guy, he'd fight in Atlantic City and it would be mayhem the way Jersey showed up for him. He had the that movie, the uh, the Mark Wahlberg movie where he plays Mickey Ward, uh, the fighter. He's trying to get to his fights with Arturo Gatti, which became these legendary <sighs> fights. And if you haven't watched, first of all, all three of their fights are incredible. Round nine of the first fight, people call the fight the round of the century because it's, it's one of the most, it's just an absolutely insane slugfest. And Arturo Gatti was this guy who he knew how to box like like that Floyd Mayweather style of like there's a science to boxing. But he wanted to put on a show and notoriously, if you hit him hard enough, he was going to say, fuck all the boxing shit. I'm just going to hit you back harder and we're going to put on a show. And that guy, I would say his whole career was about being Jersey-ish and he moved to Jersey City Heights and fought out of Jersey City. That's about as Jersey-ish as it gets right there, is a guy who's embraced as a native son, even though he wasn't one, Arturo Thunder Gaddy, also died in a mysterious and fucked up way, which is very Jersey, which seems like his wife killed him, but it was ruled a suicide. Very Jersey, oh my Nobody God. Nobody knows. It's very Jersey ending Well, Montreal's right like pretty, like rough around the edges too. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, and I worked, I lived in upstate New York and I had a... Um, you know, there was always a stigma against French Canadians, but uh, putting that aside and them just being assholes, like I kind of get it because we're from Jersey and everybody thinks we're assholes <laughs> mm -hmm. and they're loud and they're whatever. But there's it's the same thing. Big mafia influence there, too. Big mafia. influence. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like big time. So there's like a lot of like badass like French Canadians like that. I, I definitely believe that, you know, or you know, not that like boxers can't come from anywhere, but like the same sort of like downtrodden not downtrodden but like you know badass motherfucker man you're not gonna take any shit even though you're like a technical fighter and then like that's it when the bells goes go off that's fucking it like you know anything goes you know kick him in the balls punch him in the throat fucking jersey style nick this is a really good point i think that celine dion has jersey adjacent energy and i'll tell you why uh, wow i wouldn't fuck with her wow. either She's i wouldn't like, fuck with her she scares the shit out of me <laughs> And she's, I've never seen her, I've never seen her be rude to anybody on TV or never heard the intensity, the intensity in those eyes and the neck, what it, very intense. And she loves a big show. I mean, this is not somebody who's going to turn up her nose at a leopard print or a sparkle, a glitter, anything like big, big, big. She did great in Vegas, uh, much like, you know, the one time, you know, Lord of Vegas, Jersey's own Francis Albert Sinatra. Um, she came from nothing and became huge and all-encompassing, which is very Jersey. Um, she is what the, the, the young people call extra, just beyond extra, which is very Jersey. And she just, you know, and there's like shady aspects of her life story that are disturbing, but often glossed over by those of us who love her, which is also how I talk about Jersey. <laughs> 
Just ignoring the really weird shit and being like, but unless it's like in, makes a good story, um, and just being like, uh, yeah, but it's fine. And also, she's changed the lives of millions around the world, like New Jersey, simply by its existence. Is she classified as like a a diva now? Like a, along with like you know, yeah, other Mariah and well, I wouldn't even say like maybe like Whitney Houston. At like status, sort of like for that level of mm-hmm. like you know female artist share, Celine. You know what I mean? Like, oh, are, for is sure. she in that? She's like that level, so she's got like cloud over like even like the younger people. Not like Mariah's like that much younger, but it was like kind of different genre. I think Celine Dion. That's so spot on that she's perfectly Jersey for all those reasons, and on top of that. The fact that her husband squandered away her, en- her enormous fortune yes. in some sketchy way. And then she just just like, you know what? We're going to stay together and I'm just going to go grind it out in Vegas for two years, make the money back without breaking a sweat and move on. Like that to me is real Jersey. That's a good one, Celine Dion. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to never let you fucking forget it, motherfucker. Yeah, and it, for sure. My gears are really turning now. I did not anticipate Celine Dion coming up and being universally certified as Jersey-ish Can you this pick- hard. This is someone <laughs> Sorry, not on my list. Oh, no, go for it, Sarah. I'm What's so that? No, excited please. that I'm neglecting all of my uh, media training, like the most basic shit of you let the, the hosts stop talking before you freak out. No, please. I want to hear. That's why I'm here. You're a professional. Yes, I am unprofessional. You found a kindred spirit. I'm, en- I'm enjoying the derailing immensely because it's usually my job. <laughs> Can you not picture Celine Dion actually using the valet parking at the Neiman Marcus RIP that used to be at the mall at Short Hills and like showing up yeah. fully dressed like somebody's wow. Russian mom? And it's like your friend who's like, my mom is really over the top. And it's your friend's like Russian mom. And I mean, she could also be French Canadian, probably with like a fur, just gorgeous done up. And she goes in and like goes to the Versace store, buys stuff, but then also like gets an orange Julius. Like that's the kind of jersey that she is to me. And I really think she'd be great. I could see her yelling at the help, too. Oh, yeah. Definitely yelling at the help. But then she would get them something nice for Christmas. Throwing throwing the Arlene Julius against the wall real quick and like, God damn it. Maybe not. That's unfair. I am an avowed hater of the Short Hills. I think the Short Hills Mall is the least Jersey mall of all the malls, personally. But I do think that if you're as rich as Celine Dion, it's really the only one you could go to. You have to have somebody park for you. She probably doesn't know how to yeah. drive. So she's got to go yeah. to Short Hills. Truth. I am... Um, the gears are turning. Names are starting to pop into my head now that weren't even ones brainstormed prior. For example, there's been, I mean, Lin-Manuel Miranda has, has put the focus on all the founding fathers. Like Alexander Hamilton turned Patterson into a city of industry, but I would actually argue Aaron Burr, Super Jersey. very Jersey-ish. To be someone who holds a personal grudge to the point where you kill a world-famous enemy of yours publicly. And then not only that... I believe, didn't Aaron Burr eventually flee to the South and try to form his own army to take over New Orleans? Something like that. Before it was part of America? He sailed down the Mississippi and basically claimed that he had authority to raise an army to take over New Orleans, which he did. Um, and he didn't take over, and eventually his plot was was foiled. One of the, one of the weirdest things is one that's very Jersey-ish. super super Jersey, and, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. such a strange a strange guy because I mean there is nothing more Jersey 
than being continually powered by bitterness and a chip <laughs> on your shoulder for your entire life. That might be the most Jersey trait of all, which Aaron Burr is one of the modern, best modern examples of that trait. And to go, to go, I took it as far as vice president, which 99% of humanity would go, you know what, mm-hmm. you did your part. But for him to be so laced with bitterness that he never got to president, that he would just say, fuck it, then we're going to crash it and burn it in a way that you've never even, you couldn't even conceive of with your, your wildest imagination. Very Jersey. To be like, if I can't have it all, then I'm tanking everything I came close with. Very, very Jersey. I think Aaron Burke definitely qualifies. I also say this as somebody whose folks have a place down in South Carolina. Uh, New Jerseyans have been ruining the South for... Uh, 10 to 20 years like now we've always been vacationing there (laughs) now we're moving down there people friggin hate it they hate our shit in north carolina they can't stand us in south carolina we're obnoxious as hell we're annoying like that's very for a new jerseyan to just like you know it's you know i'm not saying it's worse than what sherman did in the south for from their southern perspective (laughs) but i will say that like we are probably as loud um, and and as destructive, yeah. but we're bringing uh, some fun that they're not used to down there. A little bit of culture. How about that, South? And they're not complaining about all the Wawas. I don't see them complaining about having Wawas You complaining now. about our tourist dollars? I don't, I don't think so. I will not go mm-hmm. to the Outer Banks because of all the stickers I see in New Jersey that have OBX on their cars. OBX? <laughs> yeah, I have, a, I have a North Carolina tattoo. Because you know why? I don't want to fucking go somewhere like that that's beautiful with all these people from fucking Jersey ruining it. And like, I, I mean, I get the money thing and like, I know a million fucking people that have retired down there and they're like, Oh, it's great. It's cheap. It's fucking hot as hell in the summertime. Unless you're on the fucking water. I don't want to live down there. And then like the truth is like those people really don't fucking like you. Like there's such a like class system. Like, yeah, they'll smile to your face. But like, like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Although I'm going to drive people nuts for saying this. If this is the relationship, I have families moved to Myrtle Beach and I visited them there. And Myrtle Beach is clearly the New Jersey of South Carolina. That's correct. That's correct. No, you're right. You're right. You got to be near the water. Once you're near the water, things change. There's like money and culture. But it's the vibe too. It's the vibe. I mean, this is a place where you can you could absolutely buy like an airbrushed sweatshirt um, that has like, you know. Like picture of Osama bin Laden going down mm-hmm. on somebody. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, ha- it has that fucking insane Jersey Shore vibe. There it's got too. like matching. Um, I don't know why that was the example <laughs> I went with, you but could. it is that I'm, like, I'm certain on the Jersey Shore. Like matching you can find booty that. shorts too. That say like these colors don't run, uh, and it's like an American flag. But then also oh, yeah. there's like actual Lots like, of pretend rebel poop. Flags. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the the people like Hunterdon County is the you know where i'm from is sort of the the uh, let's you know some people go oh well you know Asheville like i you know i went i got this i was uh drunk at a baby shower or wedding reception or wedding brunch i don't remember <laughs> but i do remember i walked down the the road and got a tattoo cuz i felt inspired in north carolina which is very jersey um but uh, uh i had a point here Oh, God, I just forgot. Oh, so you know how people will go, oh, wow, like Austin's different than the rest of Texas, which is why everybody from California is fucking moving there and they hate them, too. Um, Or like this blue oasis, like Hunter County is a red oasis for people who voted for Trump. 
um, and love Confederate flags and the such. So it's that type of Jersey person who oftentimes moves down to North Carolina or South Carolina. So it's not like it's shifting the politics of the area. They're bringing their guns and their mm-hmm. fondness for hunting. And, and yeah, you can be a liberal or progressive person mm-hmm. and have guns or be fond of hunting, but that's not the type of person who's going down there. So it's not like we're screwing up their, uh, you know, they're a lot of those people's vision of what America should be. We're just really loud and don't know how to act in public. <laughs> we don't adapt. We don't acclimate in the same way that perhaps some some folks do. Now, I had another thought pop into my head here because now I'm really cooking with fire. Are you guys familiar? Remember in the dentist office, you used to read Highlights magazine? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say this. Gallant, not from New Jersey. <laughs> Goofus. 100% from New Jersey. Goofus was from New Jersey. Undoubtedly. That's, give him, uh, what do we give you for that? A Webby, an Audi? What is the award? That's beautiful. Bring on the Webbies, the- please. Someone nominate this episode for Webby. There's no way Goofus is from anywhere except New Jersey. He has untreated ADD and he's from North Jersey. I, you cannot convince me otherwise. Gallant pumps his own gas and follows all the safety instructions to a T. Goofus yells out the window and says, fill me up faster, you jerk. Yeah. Honking on the horn. I'm still so resentful every time I go to a gas station in another state, which is always because like I got my car in Brooklyn. I have a car in Brooklyn so I can go visit my family in Jersey. Hunter and County has like. No, they, they canceled the bus right now. I hope the bus comes back that used to stop at the old China Buffet where we used to go to punk shows. That's where you, now it's like Hunter County is like I, if my family lived in Montclair or something or I don't know, obviously Jersey City, I, w- I would just take the train. But Hunter County, that's a schlep. So I got my car there. And whenever I'm driving in the city and I'm like, oh, I need to fill this vehicle up with gasoline. I'm deeply resentful that I have to do it myself. I'm using my buddy Heather Fink, mm-hmm. also Jersey girl. I'm using her car out here in LA I pull I'm like I gotta pump this myself god damn like I'm like everybody else should be like us this is dumb yeah people live like you get to pump your own gas in LA too yeah Mm -hmm. yeah oh I don't know they have some that are full service but mostly you gotta do it yourself you gotta pay extra Mm -hmm. yeah I remember like uh, I see that like every now and then New York State you'll see it now Mike you listed something that I find very fascinating the Los Angeles Clippers are the New Jersey of the NBA. That's very sweet. Unimpeachably true because, right, just like New Jersey, they're, they're sort of caught in the middle between these two places, right? New Jersey is always going to be caught between Philadelphia and New York City. And the, the Clippers are always going to get caught between, right, the, yeah. the the Lakers and the Warriors. I mean, I don't see that there's any uh, any other right. way to look at it. They're, they're always going to be, be the Lakers. They're, they're always right. going to be the third run team there. You know, um, you're right in California. I mean, in LA, even if you leave the Warriors out of it with Northern California. You are right. They have a team that is second. The Clippers could win ten championships in a row and not mm-hmm. be the Lakers in the eyes. No, of No, never. And they're and even that. If you're from California and you're a basketball fan, they're always going to be your third choice team. And every few years they get cool, which is also yep. very right. Yep. We got the Sopranos, and then uh, here, you know, and then every, all of a sudden everybody's falling in love with like everybody loves like the front bottoms and screaming females and our bands all of a sudden right and then you know they got lob city and then that fell apart oh now they got Kawhi leonard and paul george that falls apart every few years it gets real cool to be a clippers fan and then it doesn't pan out and everybody just goes back to liking the lakers 
You're right. But the real true fans stick with it. There's very few comparatively, but they are so diehard. And, you know, it's L.A., so it's not like... I mean, and they know what they're dealing. Look, I grew. I was raised by a Jets fan, so like, oh, I'm not saying that the, the Jets are a whole other category. I can't even call them. I wouldn't call them Jerseyish. I wouldn't call them anything. They're a thing unto themselves. But you know, when you know that if things start to get good, you know what? Forget I said the Jets. There's no comparison there. But like, you know, the Jets were cool once, but <laughs> in 1968 through 69. But like. The people who really love, love, <laughs> the true, pure love for Jersey endures whether we're up or we're down, whether we're on prestige television or we're just the butt of a joke. And, and that is true for the Clippers as well, I think. I just want to say I think that in Major League Baseball, uh, the, the Angels are the New Jersey of Major League Baseball, Anaheim Angels. Good call. Oh, how so? Because between the Padres, right, and the Dodgers, you've got... Maybe not geographically. No, yeah, geographically. You've got the Angels. Like the Giants, too, right? Yeah, it's like Anaheim, okay. Yeah, you do have the Giants, that's true. But at least they're in, you know, up in the bay, and it's exciting. And, you know, sometimes there's an earthquake, and you're scared. But then the, the game goes on. It's like the Anaheim Angels. Like, oh, all right. You know, what are you doing in Orange County? I don't know, nothing. <laughs> I had a friend who was going through a tough time, and he rode his Vespa down to see uh, an Angels game, which was a real weird choice. And I was like, oh, man, he's going through something. <laughs> I just did the opposite of a good segue. <laughs> it's a safe, emotional place. No, I'm, but now I'm laughing, so I can't say. I do want to say, we've talked about places. We've talked about some people. Keep throwing those out as they come into your mind. I also want to open it up to New Jersey things. And I'm now going to say something. Mike D., you wrote this down, and I'm not taking any credit. I am just thrilled that I get to read a sentence you wrote. And I want you to explain this to me because I do not, I do not understand what this could mean. But the words coming out of my mouth, I mean, I feel like William Carlos Williams. This feels like poetry coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I can't even say this. Birkenstocks are the New Jersey of footwear. Why did this, why was this written down? Birkenstocks are the New Jersey of footwear. I think this is. Tell me, the- tell me this. Birkenstocks are the New Jersey of footwear because they're actually fantastic. They have a long history. They're super comfortable. If you rock them with the right pair of socks, they can go with anything. But if you wear Birkenstocks in public and other people see them, there's a very large percentage of the population that will have an immediate burning hatred for you for wearing this footwear. They're one of the only types of footwear that can cause an immediate visceral angry reaction in large populations of the earth. And that is why Birkenstocks are the New Jersey of footwear. Wow. I have never worn them in my life and I have rolled my eyes at them and I want to apologize in this moment because I have been convinced. I, I have a, a very relevant story to the Birkenstock thing and, and Mike knows my... Okay. And, and like, what I don't know, whatever. Maybe because we were like fucking real punk rockers and we hated hippies and like Birkenstocks, like, you know, all those kids wore them, whatever. I've destroyed many a Birkenstock like at parties where people left them out and people had to go home shoeless <laughs> because it was a jerk off <laughs> punk rocker and just like vindictively mean like that to, to people whatever when I was like 17, 18. So anyway, I own that, whatever. <laughs> 
go to parties and destroy people's shoes? Well, yeah, we went to a pool party once and everybody left their Birkenstocks there. And like, I took all of them and like threw them like over people's fences, like up in fucking trees. And like, of course, this is like the one time like people invite like our crew of friends there. And like, what do we do? We do some fucking jerk off thing or I do some jerk off thing. And everybody's like, yo, who took my Birkenstocks, man? Like whatever, blah, blah, blah. And like, the other thing was like, you know, they didn't share their weed. I come there with weed. We share our weed, blah, blah, blah. They're like, you know, open-minded hippies, but like they don't want to smoke with you and blah, blah, blah. So my move was to throw the burger aside. Anyway, fast forward. I'm turning 44 in like a month or so. I'm more open-minded. I'm Nikki Bonaduce. I've evolved myself, right? <laughs> so, so after seeing this very nice person and like talking about footwear and I was like, oh, I need to go buy flip-flops. And I'm the kind of guy that goes to Walmart and buys 98 cent flip-flops and then they blast about to the end of the summer and then I trip and they fall apart and I almost die because of the 98 cent flip-flop. So I start looking for other summer footwear and this person suggests Birkenstocks and like immediately my old feelings come boiling to the top and I'm like, but I don't say anything. And I was like, okay, sure. Like I'll try them on. Like, and I, I have them on I have a, an unusually large heel. We call it the Greek shoe heel. And what? The Greek oh, shoe heel. Will, no, no, do you want no, me to no, show no. it? It's the Greek. That's a phrase. That's not just the thing you say. I don't I've know if it's it. a, like yeah. Every, everybody knows the Greek shoe heel, but um, like Achilles. <laughs> yeah, kind of, but like there, the Achilles is there, but the heel is like much more uh, larger and protruding. So when I try on these Birkenstocks, like they do feel very nice. And like, I even put them on my feet and like tried them on and everything. And was like trying to be open-minded. And then I looked down and looked in the mirror and I saw my heel. I was like, nah, it's the same. Yeah. Couldn't I couldn't do it. do it. Plus I was like, I made it to like 44. Like I'm not buying a pair of like Birkenstocks now. Like I don't, I don't want anything that has straps over my feet. Like I'll go barefoot or like cheap flip flops. Like that's it. Now, did those kids ever get their shoes back after you tossed them into various uh, adjacent backyards at that point? They party? did because I think somebody, a neutral party that was friends with both both us and them, like kind of like made a thing like, oh my God, look, there's a Birkenstock over in the neighbor's like yard. So all of a sudden, all these kids like started <laughs> looking around for these shoes. And like, I think we quietly uh, <laughs> exited after that. And then, you know, whatever. A neutral it was, party. It was, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I ruined I ruined a lot of parties senior year at the end of the year. Now, Nick, you, we hear about your high school hatred that led to you destroying Birkenstocks. Even as an adult, the Greek heel can't allow you to fall in love with them. Are you conflicted hearing Mike D say they are the New Jersey of footwear? No, I totally get like I totally get the the, the yeah, it makes complete sense. But uh, I have a certain like I I agree with Mike, especially if like you're probably in like the Northeast part of the state where there aren't a lot like of heads around, like, you know, people that if you live other places, like it's completely normal and punk rockers hang out with hippies and blah, blah, blah. But in Jersey, like you're pretty much being like pigeonholed, like, you know, by your style or like taste in music. So you're conditioned to not uh, be fond of those sandals because they symbolize, I don't know, free thinking and, and dirty hippies. Human joy, like peace, happiness. Yeah, I hear that. Freedom of expression. <laughs> I don't know what's up. Mike D, Birkenstocks, we've covered them. And I'm so happy to tell the listener, there's actually one sentence that you've written that even tops that. <laughs> now that we've covered Birkenstocks, I can't believe I get to ask you what you mean by saying <laughs> bucket hats are the New Jersey of headwear. 
because I can't believe there's something more ridiculous than the Birkenstock sentence. I think for the exact same reason. Now, let me just break this down. I think I love a good hat. You know me. I wear hats all the time. <laughs> I've worn hats when we've done live versions of this podcast. And baseball hats are great, but for utility purposes, bucket hats are even better because the brim not only protects your forehead, but it also protects your ears and the back of your neck from the sun. So much like New Jersey, bucket hats have a lot of utility, are super practical, and I think they look cool. But at the same time, if you wear a bucket hat, the first thing that happens is you wear it and strange those would be like, what are you, fucking Gilligan? <laughs> and I mean, what other hat elicits a reaction where strangers on the street just begin to mock you, much like if people find out you are from New Jersey? So that's why I think both Birkenstocks and bucket hats are the New Jersey of hat and footwear. <laughs> so is there is there any world in which you're willing to own this hard enough that you will appear at our next live show wearing both Birkenstocks and a bucket hat at the same time. I appeared yesterday in public <laughs> at the town pool where in the town that I live in New Jersey wearing both those items of clothing and I am a happily Amazing. happily washed New Jersey resident who will wear those. <laughs> now, I want to wrap up tonight. Are there any things that we have not mentioned yet that people want to bring up, whether it's places, people, or things? Like I'm sitting here going, this was not on the list, but the more we talk about it, the more I'm realizing Glasgow is the Jersey of Scotland. I've been to Edinburgh and they're the real fancy smart ones. And Glasgow, they got a lot of comments about how Glasgow are the low class ones. But then I meet people from Glasgow and they're generally really fucking fun and straight up with you. I would say Glasgow is the Jersey of Scotland. Anything else? Anything else jumping out at people? Last licks. Scotty Pippen. I think if there's any person that maybe even more so than John Starks, that is the New Jersey of NBA history, I think it's got to be no tipping Scotty Pippen. Wow. And I think it's... This is because he'll never quite be Jordan. He'll, he'll never... Not only will he never quite be Jordan, and right to be clear, Scotty Pippen is and was an absolutely... 0.1% top basketball player, fantastic career. Did any other player in the league would be happy to have his career, but much like New Jersey, because he was sandwiched beneath this other, you know, more glamorous place, he's had an entire lifetime of being kicked around like New Jersey. So that is why I think Scotty mm -hmm. Scotty Pippen is the New Jersey of NBA players. So and obviously my sympathies are with Scotty Pippen. Mm -hmm. I have a theory okay. that uh that if you're having a threesome that you need somebody who embodies Scottie Pippen's power. And I've advanced this theory before in the broadcast media, and I'm doing it again because you need somebody who is great with an assist and who doesn't need to be the center of attention always to make it work. Now I've had one threesome. It was very boring, but I was in the Pippen role and I've talked to people who have lots of them because they're cooler and groovier than I am. And they all agree with me. This leads me to believe, through math and science, that New Jersey... This is the best part. ...truly is... <laughs> I mean, if, if New York and Philly... Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm still working. It's a long walk to get there, but a, a theorem has been born. And one day... This is going to be like going to like Thomas Alva Edison's lab. Like going to this podcast episode, people are going to go, that's where... That's where the world started to change. I have nothing else. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I'll follow up that titillating statement by saying. So, when you were the Pippin of the threesome, what was the situation? I have to ask. Oh, well, it was adult consenting sexual relations. uh, And. No, no, I get that. Was it all girls? Was it. Two guys. <laughs> okay, is that bad? It's enough. If she's from Jersey, we can have this conversation. I'm going to go ahead and say we're going to move on with my assertion that might be divisive, which is that grapes are the New Jersey Whoa, of fruit. Whoa, what kind of I grapes? I disagree I'm with that. Everybody loves grapes. Green or red? This is the first one. This is the first one that has been disagreed with. I'm just going to say that when you get a fruit salad, you have the flashy things like mm-hmm. the pineapple, and you have the boring things like the cantaloupe, but then you got the grapes which when you get in there with the grapes, they kind of hold the whole thing together. And very often you find yourself aiming for those even above the flashier things like the strawberries and the pineapple because they're a little more satisfying even though they're less of the marquee item. That seems to me to be a very Jerseyist Jerseyist quality. Mm. You can count on the grapes. The cantaloupe might look great, but it never tastes good. Never tastes good. No, that's accurate. I, I like this. Yeah, no, I think this is correct because also what can you make with grapes? Other stuff too. Grapes have given us raisins. Grapes have given us wine. Jelly. Jelly. Jam. I think there's a third jelly jam adjacent thing I'm forgetting. You could make a shrub, which is a type of soda thing. You could make a soda out of grapes. So like Mm -hmm. much as New Jersey has given so much of itself without asking much in return, hence the humble grape. Mike D, you were initially anti-grape. I'm not offended if you maintain that, but you you did... Do you have another fruit that you would posit as the New Jersey of fruits? You know, I I I was going to say cantaloupe, but you've actually you're the collective pitch. Everyone has convinced me that I am incorrect, and I now agree that grape is the New Jersey of fruit. I was going to say cantaloupe because it's hard on the outside but interesting on the inside. Aww. But I think your pitch is more convincing. Okay. Any other any other things that jump out as Jersey-ish to get them on the record? And I also want to say, I can imagine that we're going to get a lot of comments on this one. Please let us know your Jersey-ish things. If you want to get on the podcast, leave a voicemail. If you want to dispute something we've said, if you want to add something further, 973-780-4660, leave a voicemail about what you think is Jersey-ish. Anything else jumping out at people? We've covered Birkenstocks. We've covered... Croatia was so many things that we've taken this in many different directions. Anything else jump out as Jersey-ish on our way out? The door. I feel like this is such an amazing topic that I feel like we all need to continue this at various points in time <laughs> because I can only say for myself, but right. I am going to be thinking about this idea constantly yeah. as I go through my life and being like that. That is the New Jersey of that. <laughs> so I Yeah, I think about that. it all the time. It helps me make sense of a world beyond my control um, to be like, why is it that I like people from Chicago so much? Like, no matter like no matter yeah. what their their race, their ethnicity, their origin, like I'm not saying like, like I'm an Irish Italian Catholic girl from Jersey. Right. So it's not like, ah, oh, they're the same sort of kind of Irish Italian Catholics, but with their, you know, pizza cake, which is cute for them. But no, it's like anybody they could be like, I have friends from all different parts of Chicago, all different backgrounds. There's something that unifies them where I'll just, they go to the top of my list of people I want to talk to because we're going to, if there's no Jersey people, obviously, 
But if the Jersey people, you know, it's not really a cultural exchange. It's just us agreeing with each other about that we're that everything is the best and other people, the party getting jealous and feeling weird. But when it's Chicago people, I can learn about that. There's a lot of it's, it's a very beautiful cultural exchange with them. They are I can't say they're the New Jersey, you know, of the Midwest or not. But there's just something about them that's Jersey-ish. I don't know what it is yet. There's some kindred spirits there. I have mm-hmm. many great friends from Chicago. I dated a girl for years from Chicago. There is a natural I get you yeah. back and forth between Chicago and New Jersey. I'll say this. I was uh, I once realized, because I fly so much for work doing stand-up, I once realized that I had so many airline points that uh, there was a special running where I was able to pay for a week at an all-inclusive resort in the Dominican Republic. Anyone who knows me, even in passing, knows I am not someone meant to ever step foot at an all-inclusive resort in the Dominican Republic. But whenever we left the grounds of the all-inclusive resort and got amongst actual people in the Dominican Republic, I was like, this place is Jersey as hell. Like another, I'm not going to say it's totally Jersey. Kindred spirits for sure, though. Like my wife. Oh, sure. DR soldiers. We got hustled and we got scammed right away uh, by this scumbag. <laughs> there were everybody was running a scam. Everyone's running a scheme, but there was like also very few rules in a way that I loved. The Dominican Republic and the people of New Jersey have a lot in common, and I learned that as a even as a horrifically pasty man who bursts into flame <laughs> in the sun. I learned that you're there's... like a walking you're like a walking mark down there. Oh my goodness, dude! We took this taxi tour. the The resort said there's these taxis. They wait right outside the resort, Ugh. and uh, you go in, and they take you around the island, and they show you stuff, and it's great. And we went, and we got in with the driver, and this other guy gets in the passenger seat. And this guy was giving us a tour and it was horrible. We were like, why is everybody saying this is great? And he takes us to some restaurant where it's clear. It's like the shittiest restaurant ever, but it's clear. He's like getting, he's getting his food for free and he's getting a a little kickback on the side for whatever we spend. And he brings us to some souvenir store and it turns out it's his brother-in-law that owns it. We're like, what is this shit, man? So we loop all the way around. He gets out and walks away. And when the driver, when we go to get out after the guy, the driver turns around and is like, did you ask him to come on the tour? And we were like, isn't that how it works? He's like, no, I'm supposed to give the tour. He told me oh you hired God. him separate. And I was just the driver, not the tour guy. He was driving you to the tour guy. The driver oh was God, supposed to be doing awesome. all the work and this scumbag slipped in and did, it did some double speak in both directions oh. and made a little money off of both of us. And the driver was like, I'm really embarrassed. That was terrible. And uh, we were like, it's fine. But I respected him. Like, I respected the hustle. I respected you know? the con. You didn't get take it out to the like middle of the jungle and like you know robbed and, it's and shot. True. So it's a it's a it's a wind day. I lived. We all lived. I was able to laugh about it. It didn't cost me that much, but I was like, oh, that it, that just felt. There are there are people there. Are, I, this feels like my home state in so many ways. That specific type of charming, yeah, like a charming scam. low level scam where nobody dies. It's just like you lose some money mm-hmm. and you have a good story. Like Jersey's just a, a place that's entirely comprised of stories. And so, like, also there are so many uh, Dominican immigrants and then like kids, uh, you know, first, second, third generation Dominican families in Jersey. So there's so much exchange. I think like the you know. People talk about like um, Washington Heights being very Dominican, but there's a lot of Dominican families in Jersey too. So I think there's a real like oh, yeah. cultural crossover there too. It makes sense. It makes sense. I got a lot of them popping into my mind right now. 
chocolate cake donuts or the Jersey of donuts. We could mm. go that all day. I got to really? shut up. I won't even explain it. I'm going to offer that one. I'm going to offer that one without any explanation. Nope. I'm going to let people wonder forever. And I'm going to let people offer up their own analysis of what I mean on that. Unless anyone else has any others to show in, I just throw in at the last second. I'm going to end on that. I'm just going to share one thing. Go for it. It's not even a Jersey-ish thing. Mm -hmm. It's that uh, I'm out here and a a buddy of mine, a friend of mine, a gal, who I've just gotten to know on the internet. Um, We have friends in common, but like we just got to know she's an Italian chick from Jersey. And, um, you know, we talk online and stuff and meant to hang out, but like couldn't this time around while I'm out in L.A. And she she texted me and was like, I just had the instinct to hide my key for you so you could go in and meet my cat who you think is so great because we show each other our cats online. And she said, I didn't even doubt for a second that I could just do that and it would be fine. And she's like, and I'm not even embarrassed. I'm telling you this. And I was like, 100% I'd do the same thing. And I was like, that's Jersey. Like when you make a connection yep. with somebody, even though it's online and you have some of the same cultural references and know each other and you're like, you know, what? I'd like to meet your dog. Like if she had been like, oh, no, can you go feed Winston? His name's Winston. I would have been like, yeah, that's fine. And it like wasn't weird at all. And that's that's the beauty of Jersey. You can take Jersey wherever you go. It's a wonderful thing. And when we do show up other places, people generally feel a little bit better, a little bit more taken care of little bit safer in the world whether they know we're from jersey or not i've noticed that time and time again okay chocolate cake donuts the, don- the new jersey of donuts i'll own it thank you bonnet douche thank you mike Dave. and most of all i have to say stunning debut yeah i feel like our audience will have been thoroughly charmed you have to come back anytime a, a legitimate open invite to be as involved as you want in this uh sarah thank what a you. joy what a pleasure oh. truly Making Hunterdon County proud and underrepresenting. Do you say Central Jersey? Do you dip your toes in that in those divisive waters? I do. People don't from the the does Central Jersey exist debate doesn't even exist for so most people outside of Jersey, you know. So they'll go, Oh, is that more mm-hmm. south? Mm-hmm. And I'll go, Ah, oh, kinda. It's kinda central. And if they, they've never heard of Central Jersey, that doesn't bother me because it is it is it is real and it is also mythical. But just because it's mythical doesn't mean it's not real. Mm, mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. Enjoy yourselves everybody. Stay safe out there. Let us know what you think is Jersey ish.